In the words of author and psychoanalyst Clarissa Pinkola Estes, if you have ever been called a defiant, incorrigible, impossible woman, have faith. There is time yet. And then the words public enemies Chuck D, rain the noise. On the Fifth End Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a eventful week. <laughs> Not for me personally, um, but just, just everywhere else. It's, uh, it's been, you know, just some, just some eventful, eventful moments uh, throughout the week. Um, this is one of those episodes, right, where I literally had like three quarters of my show, like a day after, drop in the previous episode. Like I've, I've been sitting on a couple of these. For literally a whole week, it's been it's been amazing. I actually I really enjoy it when that happens. Honestly, like uh, not in the case of like um, when it's like breaking news, I guess, but when just something happens. Not exactly breaking news, but like you know, and it's not it's not time sensitive. That's kind of where I'm getting at, right? When it's not time sensitive and you can wait a few days, you know what I mean? Just let it marinate or whatever. Ah, it feels good. It feels it feels good to do that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah. You know, it's been a it's been it's been a solid week. I can't complain. But um, I wanted to talk about um NFTs, but I'm gonna talk about that next week because I found a good article on NFTs. But uh, yeah, uh, that's been that's been <laughs> that's been a rapidly evolving uh just talking point amongst several uh amongst several things, and you know, just brings up the conversation of uh, value and uh, and you know what we consider valuable, which is a fascinating conversation, especially as always when it comes to something like art. Or uh, you know stocks, or just money. You know what I mean? Is money valuable? You know what I mean? What's what's a money? What's a, what is a money? <laughs> you know what I'm saying so. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a fascinating conversation for next week. But um, you know, and we will. You know, there there is one uh, article um for for today that will have um for this episode that will have uh, a mention of NFTs. Um, so you know, if you want to look that stuff up, go look, go look us up. Uh, go look it up if you want to. Uh, but you know, if you want to wait a week, just just come back here next week, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in more in more in depth. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it's been an interesting week. Uh, fascinating articles throughout. Love this slate we have here. We have two life, sports, and music. And uh, yeah, with that said, let's just jump right in. Formalities before we begin. Email to the IG, Discord link as well. Over all that, all that, it will be in the full show notes, including the articles that I'll be reading today. Please hit them links up and read for yourselves if you don't like the sound of my voice. But if that's the case, then why are you listening? Mm, deep questions. Anyway, while you think about that and hit blunt, let me peak drop. Let's get to the show. In a week where Megan Ethers Royal Family on US national TV and then a day after on UK national TV, uh, at the same time as that, that was happening, at the same time uh, All Star Sunday uh, comes and goes, 
Uh, that was uh, some cool clips came about that. Um, I I am firmly in the in the camp of if you are going to quote unquote kiss the rim on your dunk, uh, then kiss the rim. I I I know there's a there's a you know there's a, a danger of him of uh, Anthony Simon who ended up winning the dunk contest. I know there was a risk of him you know just knocking his teeth out. But if you're gonna say kiss the rim, don't say kiss the rim. Say. I'm going to blow a kiss to the rim. You know what I mean? Just don't, don't, don't. If you if you're gonna say it, say it. If 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 you're gonna say it, do it. If you if you're not gonna do it, I'm gonna feel some type of way. You know what I mean? But I'm not I'm not saying go break your teeth. I'm just saying don't say don't put us in a in a expectation in a field of expectation where we're gonna think you're gonna actually try and kiss the rim. You know I mean, that's just a you just set a level of expect, expectation for some of us, and uh, you know that's just what it is. But yeah, the rest of the All Star was all right, cool. Um, Steph Curry actually like made a good three point contest. That was very interesting. Uh, just watching him just win it by one. That was very sweaty on the last shot. Uh, can't 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 get enough of that. But um, yeah, solid. Uh, two, uh, I think Ben Simmons and John Embiid went uh, uh went out for contact tracing and that breach the conversations of like why the fuck are they there but as always guys as always when it comes to sports in any fashion we'll actually get to some of it we'll actually get to a part of sports um uh, that will uh, that will get to this kind of thing uh they'll ask ask this kind of question in some way uh why is this all why are they doing this money and it will always be money all right just that will always be the answer trust me okay anyway Piers Morgan leaves Good Morning Britain, and I could not be more happy. I could not be more happy. I, I sent this tweet, right, uh, 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 literally a few, I don't know if it was like an hour or so, just just before he the, the news. It was on the same day of the news that he left Good Morning Britain. I was, uh, I was like, who who literally wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what? You know what? You, you wake up 6.30 in the morning. You know what I want to, to start my day? I want Piers Morgan chatting shit. Like what? Who 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 wakes up in the morning to Good Morning Britain? I don't understand. Like I understand, I could understand this. Like you know, ten years ago and beyond, right? But guys, we have radio still. Like, you know, still still kicking. Uh, and you know, some good radio. Always good radio out there. Uh, hard to find, but there's some good radio out there. Uh, podcasts of your choosing. Music, TV, even Freeview channels have like you know a myriad of those right now. The, 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 that that list is growing on the Freeview front, right? You know what I mean? Or even open the fucking window and just let the birds sing to you in the morning. Anything but Piers Morgan in the morning at six thirty to seven thirty. Fuck out of it. No chance in hell. And now people were at his house, like, and he was like, "Do this free speech," and that's when I tune out. Like he's gone. There's no need to consume him anymore. This is the last time I'm going to hear of him. Uh, this is the last, well, no, it's not going to be the last time I'm going to hear of him. It's going to be the last time I'm, I'm going to speak of him until he uh, goes to a far, uh, not far right, but a right-leaning newspaper and gets his own column, gets paid mad amounts of money to chat utter shit and uh, venom and, and spew his venom. But anyway, until that happens, no more Piers Morgan. Uh, Buzzfeed lays off 47 half-post workers a month after acquisition. I find this interesting because I'm just like, 
so why did you leave it for a month? You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it looks like you gave him a chance, but not exactly the best chance. Like, yeah, but anyway, I don't know. Uh, and a WHO, World Health Organization, and UN study finds that around a quarter of females have been assaulted by a male partner. And there are actually some more uh, statistics on that front. I think a th- oh, I was, it was like a third um, a third of women are just assaulted in general from like a non-partner standpoint. Um, and that's just a crazy statistic to think about, like one in three. That's that's, how, that's absurd. Um, so please look at that up. That's a real, real fascinating um, uh, statistics on that front. But we begin, of course, with Harry and Meghan. And um, you know, <clears throat> you go, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to move ahead on the explanation, guys, because this is one of those conversations that I am that I that I, uh, I'm i not exactly interested in, um, but I did find an article that piqued my interest and gave a good angle on another side of all of this. Um, the title of the article was called uh, How Harry and Meghan Quit the Royal Family to Join the US Aristocracy. This is uh, via Novara Media. It's by Ash Sarkar. Um, and the reason why I wanted to read this one particular and not any of the others... Um, they've obviously been going around and all the because all the commentary I find is so 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 antiquated to me like to me personally like to you guys I don't know where you are like you know I I look at the I look at the podcast stats you know I mean I'm technically worldwide ladies and gentlemen I'm pitbull up in here you know I mean so you know I know there are some people listening that are not that may not be privy to the fact that but, but believe it or not the U.S. Uh, sorry, the UK aristocracy, as a plane goes above my head, uh, is racist. Wow, blown, mind blown. Yes, guys, the UK aristocracy is racist. Uh, the royal family is built literally on racism, colonialism. Um, these are all facts. Um, these are all facts you can find. And uh, if you are surprised about this, just go do your Googles and come back to me uh, because I'm going to skip over all of this jargon. I'm going to skip over the interview itself. I, I honestly don't really care much about the interview itself. But why I do find it interesting, and this is what the article gets at, is just how Harry and Meghan have, like, you know, left one thing for another thing that is kind of a very similar thing. Um, but maybe it's just a bit more free and with just less... Um, well, less um, archaic rules, because obviously the royal family has some fucking nutty rules. Um, so yeah, with all that said, I'm gonna dive right into this article. Just I'm just gonna skip over all of the garbage and get to some get to some uh, decent talking points and a different angle towards everything. So here we go. When Diana sat down with Martin Bashir in November 1995, the BBC hailed it uh, the quote-unquote scoop of the century. The Princes of Wales had smuggled, uh, had smuggled pan- the Panorama team into Kensington Palace uh, to lift the lid on her marriage and separation from Prince Charles. Diana spoke candidly on her bulimia, the palace smear operation and Camilla. It was the most watched television programme of that year and the reaction was explosive. The interview catalyzed uh, the divorce between the Prince and the Princess of Wales, and just weeks after Panorama aired, Diana was stripped of her HRH title. Uh, despite being the most photographed woman in the world and mother to a future king, the palace denied Diana assistance with security or press management. The firm, uh, a term used to describe the... Is it Cadre? 
cadre, cadre, I don't know, um, of uh, senior royals uh, was tortured to live with, but impossible to live without. She died two years later, hounded by the paparazzi. There are those who suggest that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's break from the British royal family is a tawdry sideshow. Indeed, that the only royal interview that matters is the one where Prince Andrew sits down with the FBI. Big facts, big facts, hail that up. Uh, it's certainly true that when we're witnessing uh, that what we're witnessing isn't quite the March on Versailles, it's a conflict between elites. But then again, so was the exit. Splits between the establishment have far-reaching implications for the institutions which dominate our political uh, culture. It's telling that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's sit-down with Oprah is considered more of a threat to the palace interests than Prince Andrew's Newsnight interview. Jeffrey Epstein's friend and alleged co-offender still enjoys the protection of the firm. As long as you do nothing to expose the inner workings of the palace machine, you get to stay within the circle. I love it. I, l- I love that. Just that. Just that. Just that little tidbit of like, if you, as long as you don't, um, you know, mess up the palace circle, then you're fine. You're good. But then again, um, the UK media is so psychopathic uh, when it comes to the royal family. Like, it's kind of hard not to just like uh, feel squeezed on both ends. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's where most, that's where the system is. Where it's like, you know, uh, royal, what's the, what, what's the word? Um, well, there's the firm right on one side, and then there's UK media on the other side. And they're both absolutely bow constricting, I can imagine. But anyway, Meghan and Harry did more than lift the lid on royal life. They revealed the rot at the heart of Brian's first family. Last night, Duchess of Sussex alleged uh, that a senior royal had subjected her unborn child to racism, and that were... And that there were concerns about how dark his skin might be, quote-unquote. She implied that the reason why Archie had never been made a prince, unlike William and Kate's younger children, was due to her mixed-race heritage and said that the lack of the title meant that her son would not have the same security protection as other members of the family. Um, I'll put a pin in that, but I do have something to say about that, but I'll put a pin in it for later. Like Diana did 25 years ago, Meghan spoke frankly of the toll that marrying into Windsor's had taken on her mental health. Quote, I, didn't ju- I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was a very clear and real frightening constant thought. Unquote. She was barely allowed to leave the house as the royal household was concerned about, quote unquote, how things might look. And like the Princess of Wales, she found herself unsupported and undermined by those in the palace uh, she had turned to for help. Quote, they said, my heart goes out to you uh, because I see how bad it is, but there's nothing we can do to protect you because you're not a paid employee of the institution. <laughs> Unquote. Uh, the Duchess made it clear that she considers herself to have been, quote-unquote, silenced rather than silent. Uh, the message from the institution was to sit back and set the barrage of negative press, even when briefings had emerged from within the palace itself. An argument with Kate Middleton over bridesmaids' dresses had seen uh, Megan reduced the tears. It was reported to the press as the opposite. Indeed, during the run-up to the interview with Oprah, stories about Megan be- being a bully uh, resurfaced in the media. Last week, Buckingham Palace announced an investigation into allegations from a two from two and a half years ago that she had behaved unreasonably towards royal aides. Uh, the couple had dismissed the claims as part of a smear campaign. campaign. 
None of us could say for sure whether Meghan Markle is a bully or not. Only a close circle of royal insiders know the truth for certain. But it is striking that when Diana began to be seen as a quote-unquote liability by the royal household, she found visits, uh, she found, quote, visits abroad uh, being blocked, things that had uh, come naturally my way being stopped, letters going that... Uh, Letters going that got lost. My husband's side were uh, very busy stopping me, unquote. In the interview, in the interview with Martin Bashir, uh, Diana alleged that her mental health issues had been greeted cruelly by palace insiders. Quote, people were using my bulimia as a coat on a hanger, indicating that I was, un, uh, again, unstable, sick, and should be put in a home of sort uh, in order to get better, unquote. Perhaps it is a coincidence that... When two women posed a threat to the smooth running of the royal machine, they found themselves demonised according to the classic tropes of female misbehaviour. Diana, the aristocratic English rose, was cast as a Victorian hysteric. Meghan, mixed race and American, emerged as a bully and an angry black woman. Uh, the Princess of Wales identified as a sophisticated palace operation in place to undermine and brief against her. A war of words within four walls spilled out into the tabloid's front pages. It's not inconceivable that the same may have happened again to the wife of Harry Windsor. Last night, Prince Harry himself made it clear that he saw the parallels between his wife's experiences at the hands of the firm and how the Princess of Wales may have been had been treated. Quote, my biggest concern was history repeated itself. I said before that on numerous occasions, uh, very publicly, and when I was seeing what, uh, what I was seeing was history repeating itself, but perhaps, or definitely far more dangerous, because then you add race in, and then you add social media in, he said. And there, and when I talk about history repeating itself, I'm talking about my mother, unquote. Diana named herself a free spirit in the interview with Panorama, but even then she was held hostage by the British establishment, of which she, her, she herself was a part. The same media which gave her a platform from which to rebuke the royal family was itself violently invasive and exploitative. My Bashir is currently being investigated by the BBC over whether he had used a used falsified bank documents to coerce the Princess of Wales into an interview. Diana used the press to take on the firm, but upon breaking with the palace, could not find another power structure capable, capable of shielding her. This is where we get interested, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, last night's interview with Oprah Winfrey had shown that while Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have inherited Diana's knack for seizing the narrative, they have learned the hard lessons of her life and ultimately death, an untimely death, sorry. Uh, you do not leave the firm without establishing the protection of an alternative. Both Great Britain and the United States are aristocracies masquerading as democracies. The UK is ruled by a public school network from Buckingham Palace to Downing Street. It owns our land and our printing presses. The US is governed by money. Our aristocracy is formal, feudal and horsey. Theirs, informal but no less remote, is the upper crust of Washington, Wall Street and LA. One cannot merely be rich or indeed famous to be a part of it. You must be at the pinnacle of accomplishment. Beyonce and Jay-Z, Barack and Michelle, George and Amal, uh, George Clooney uh, and Amal, uh, Serena and her millionaire husband are all members of this American elite. Kim Kardashian wishes she was in it, <laughs> but still carries a faint whiff of tackiness. Where the British aristocracy is uh, paroch parochial? I think that's par yeah, parochial, uh, and hopelessly white. This part of the US ruling class is diverse and touched by glamour. Meghan and Harry have escaped, to the amateur escaped the amateurish colonial indignities of British feudalism for the comparative inclusivity of the American aristocracy. Indeed, the Sussex's lucrative deal with Netflix is a near-carbon copy of the one signed by the Obamas. 
This is the nature of the threat that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle pose to the establishment. Their defection to the state shows that as the world's ruling classes go, the British elite is rather second-rate. For a hot, rich, mixed-race woman who is married to a prince, there are more attractive op- options than enduring the petty cruelty of palace apparatchiks. Uh, Harry, scarred by his mother's treatment at the hands of both the press and the palace, has witnessed firsthand what uh, what happens to those trapped within the royal family's sphere of influence. Diana left the firm, yet she could not escape the British establishment. But last night's interview shows that no matter how the British ruling class uh, froth and spit, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are under the benefit beneficent protection of the US media royalty. In the words of Lydia Polgreen, quote, America has a queen and her name is Oprah Winfrey, unquote. I love that ending. I love that ending. That ending is so oh, oh, tasty. Love it. A shout out to Ashlock after that. Banging ending. Um, yeah, so them, those last two paragraphs are just um, perfect to what I wanted to say about all this. This is because the reason why I personally don't care about this is A, because I don't care about the royal family. In, in fact, I want the royal family gone in general. <laughs> um you know, uh, a lot of people, uh, no, a lot of people, um, I'm in the minority of this, right, uh, there, there were, there are a lot of people in the UK that are still, um, how should I word this, um, st- they, they, st- they, th- there are some people, right, that, that see the Queen literally as, like, their nan, like, they, they see, they see, they see the royal family as an extension, as, as extended family, they literally see it like that, this is why The Crown as a TV show is so popular to a lot of people, um, because it just shows <clears throat> it, it show it shows the perfect mix of like uh, reality TV of sorts, right? Because you know uh, she she uh, Ash like I did say in the uh, in the article there that you know some people could see it as a sideshow, right? And I can see that. I can see why people would see it as that. I, in some ways, do see did see it like that. You know, apart from you know the fact that uh, you know Megan was suicidal and obviously that and that stuff. And you know, on that front, I firmly uh, believe her on that front. I firmly believe most of the things they said on it. But the thing I can't get past about all of this is the fact that they they haven't. They're not missing any meals, ladies and gentlemen. They're not missing any meals. I am sorry. They're, they're, they're not struggling, okay, uh, and I think the Diana um, comparison is very, very interesting, um, the fact that she left the firm, you know, and got her title stripped and all that stuff, you know, that was a big risk, and it did not, you know, quote-unquote pay off, right, but this did, they have a Netflix deal, ladies and gentlemen, they have a fucking Netflix deal. They are not missing any meals. You know, they they did that thing about uh, talking about protection and stuff like that. And you know, that's that's in that was it. They they, I feel like they were talking. About, I hope hope they were talking about this in um in a in a symbolic sense and not in a in not in a we're struggling sense. I fucking hope they're not weren't talking about that that. And I I didn't see the interview in its entirety. I do not have time for that. Um. But yeah, I I I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, see that security and title stuff as a symbolism thing and not as a we needed that protection, right? And uh, the fact that Tyler Perry's name was uttered as well just brings this U.S. aristocracy thing to the forefront and just brings that fucker home. Um, the fact that you know he was 
they were basically couch hopping technically uh, on Tyler Perry's bed, uh, a Tyler Perry's like sofa bed, like you know, quote unquote. Obviously not, but you know, it's just it's it, it's so tasty to me. It's so tasty to me on that front of that's what I feel like. That's what people are missing here when it comes to this. This is and, and it's why I don't really want to have uh really want to read all these think pieces about um you know a racism and stuff like that because i personally i'm aware of all of it i'm i'm fully aware i of of the royal family being uh, uniquely racist you know what i mean that that one clip where you know they were talking about the race of the baby and oprah was like what like come on oprah come on please uh, let's not do this I, and this and and shout out to Bernie jones i was literally listening to this podcast today um and he was talking about this this is not let's let's be real let's be real okay poor people do this as well it doesn't matter if you're the royal family or you're living check to check right when it comes to the color of the skin of the baby some people some people you know what i mean do give a shit they shouldn't give a shit, and, you know, we can have that conversation of why is this a conversation, but it is a conversation that a lot of people have in the in this world. They really do. They still do, okay? Let's not, let's not, let's not be around the bush, okay? When you see, when you see, when you see homegirl, and, uh, you know, she, she's, uh, she, she's got, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, someone, someone different, someone, uh, on the, on the different, on the different tone, uh, scale, you know what I mean? People, people in the fam on either side, they have questions. Okay, they they have questions, and you know they're not going to say it. They might not say it. They might not ever say it. But they always have concerns about that, right? Let's not get it twisted. This is not the royal family. This is not just the royal family. This is everyone. This is a lot of other people. Right? I'm not saying it's everyone. I'm not saying we all do it. Uh, but a lot of families do this. Don't matter where you are on the wage scale. All right, let's get that. Let's get that out of the way. But yeah, I just find this. Um, I. I I find this fascinating as like this is a expose on the royal family and I really I I do find this um blown up to a proportion that um it's it, it's it's a bit comical to me to be honest like every time I see there's a royal wedding every time there's a big scandal like I I just don't care like uh, not even to never ever to the point where the tabloids just rinse their entire week of uh, of front page uh, 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 what's, uh, real estate on the royal family. I just don't care that much. I never cared that much. I never understood. Uh, previously, I never understood why people cared so much, and now I do. Um, and still, with that knowledge, I just don't care. I just don't care. And the fact that Meghan and Harry have literally re- gotten out and I feel like there was a element of planning here, you know what I mean? I'm not going to I'm not going to hate on them for that, you know what I mean? They have to if you're going to if you're going to dip, you're going to have to have an exit plan, right? And I feel like they they made an exit plan and they they did it. Job done. Netflix deal. Hello. You know what I mean? So I'll leave it at that um the u.s aristocracy have taken harry and megan in with open arms and they will be fine guys they'll be fine just carry on with your life and pray to whatever god you pray to that the royal family figuratively burns down to a crisp
so let's move on to some sport, shall we? And we're talking about uh, the Tokyo 2020 20 Olympics. Like, people still put 2020, even though like it's obviously 2021. So I'm just like, should you change that? <laughs> Don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, I saw a video um, via Business Insider, and they were doing. They just did like a nine. Mi- it's like a nine ten minute video on just like how uh, how uh, damaging. Uh, the cost of the Olympics has been to Tokyo um, and just everything like that. Uh, one fu- one fun fact, I don't know if this is going to be in the article because this is the article that um, has uh, basically has put all of that stuff into words uh, for me. Uh, ha- ha- goody good gun drops. Um, but the, the one thing I wanted... Uh, I wanted to tell, and I'm not really sure if it's in the article yet, because uh, I, I I try to not read it all, because you know I like the element of surprise on their front. Um, is the fact that um, the IOC, you know, they give or they give the countries that are hosting whatever Olympics, whether it be summer uh, or winter, they give them the um, what they need to have. You know what I mean in terms of stadia and like uh, you know areas for certain things. You know, you need this cut. You need this many seats in the in the in the main stadium, etc., etc. Right. Um, but they never. They they just give them that. They don't care about how much it costs. <laughs> How fucking uh, how jarring is that? Like, imagine that they just give you this wish list, and they're and they're like, figure it out. <laughs> no help if I did. Figure it out. Just just get the job done, right? You good? You good? Right. Okay. We're just gonna we're just gonna go over here. That's amazing. Outstanding fuckery. Um. But anyway, this is by a Kelvin Riley, Business Insider. This is called uh, the Tokyo Twenty Twenty Olympics may cost more than twenty six billion dollars, and estim- and the estimate keeps rising. Jesus, and this is the and uh, you know this is a, this is a well-known fact. I feel like and that most people know. You know I mean, um, the Olympics is uh, nobody does this for profit. Okay, um, every I think f- since records began on this front, um, no Olympics has gone on budget. None, no, win- no winter, no summer Olympics has gone on budget. Right, um, so. It does beg the question, as always. Every every four years, we do some. A lot of people ask this question, you know, why have the Olympics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, I do understand where where those people were coming from. Um, but let's be real, the Olympics is lit. I'm sorry, the Summer Olympics is lit. I enjoy the fuck out of it. You know me, all right. So I'm, I'm <laughs> by any means. But one thing I do before, we, just before I get into this, one thing um, I always like think about, but never actually know. Um, unless it's in your, unless it's in my country, so I understood the, um, the the depth of what it took for London to do the Olympics, right, in 2012. Um, but one thing I don't think people realise um, is like how much political and just societal strain uh, that particular city goes through, and like how many people probably in that city are very against it. Uh, there were a lot of people in London that were against having London 2012. They were fucking against that. They, they were, people were f- moaning from start to finish. Trust me. So I can only imagine what the t- uh, what the t- uh, citizens of Tokyo think about the 2020 Olympics. I can imagine, especially with Corona and everything. But anyway, so I'm gonna go buy some uh, tweets here because uh, the overall thing is literally a video um, that I've mentioned, and uh, you can watch that for yourselves. And it's very, very good. I highly uh, encourage you to do so. Um, but yeah, so they carry on uh, on some uh, tweet thread. And they say, uh, when Tokyo won the bid for the Olympics in 2013, the cost estimate was $7.3 billion. Today, the ex- experts estimate 
uh, run to 26 billion, right? Uh, the problem starts with the venues, uh, 43 of them to be exact. Uh, the cost of Olympic stadiums and arenas typically go over budget. When once the games are over, those venues often become abandoned. And that's always something I think of, right, when it comes to these things. I'm just like, why can't you just... Like, this, this is kind of the jarring thing when it comes to the Olympics. I'm like, of all the things, right, that is uh, strangled by uh, capitalism, right? The Olympics, for some reason, have just avoided it. And I mean, it's just, just every, every, you just build these stadiums and then break them down like after a year or just abandon them entirely. Like, when you try your best, and you know, obviously in London, they tried to do the one in uh, Queen Elizabeth Stadium, obviously sold that to West Ham, and you know, do other things there. They still do athletics there. You know I mean, uh, anniversary games anyway. Yeah, I mean that's that's all well and good. Um, for, for the fucking prices they do for for the anniversary game, shit, they'd be fine with it. But you know, it's just funny how uh, most of these buildings just like are completely abandoned. It's going to be the same with the Qatar twenty uh, uh, twenty twenty two uh, World Cup. I forget what year it is. Uh, where it's going to be? I think it's next year anyway. Um, you know, just why? Like of all the capitalist systems uh, that runs throughout the world, and uh, the Olympics just miss out anyway. Um, while the Jap- meanwhile, the Japanese public is largely against uh, holding the Olympics in the midst of the pandemic. IOC announced that athletes are required uh, n- are not required to be vaccinated and detailed new safety protocols. So they have uh, you know a few safety protocols like face masks, etc. Uh, for the burden of hosting the Tokyo uh, hosting the games, will s- Tokyo will see almost no share in the valuable broadcast rights, and the host city could be out even more. Uh, while construction, uh, COVID precautions, and operational costs continues to soar, uh, there is also the cost of the individual athlete financially and emotionally. Uh, there's an article on that one. I think I'll get into one of these articles. I'm not sure which one, but let's, let's see how it goes anyway. Uh, athletes have had to continue training sometimes at home and on their, uh, on their own dime because facilities have been closed. Um, they do so no guarantee the games go on. Obviously, uh, last year, around this time last year, I interviewed uh, Tiana Bartoletta, and she basically said the same thing, uh, that she's had to, you know, uh, take everything in-house. Uh, she has a, a currently a whole, a whole gym set, uh, basically, in a garage. Um, basically does uh, most of her work in there, obviously strength work anyway, and uh, does some other stuff in a, a nearby stadium. Um, but... You know, that's kind of the that's kind of the case for a lot of people. Um, in the video, I think they had like a U.S. gymnast, and he was doing all all this shit in the in the in the in the garage. Um, you know, some of his kit was paid for, <clears throat> but um, even with that said, it's just like not exactly uh, ideal to do shit in your garage. You know what I'm saying? Imagine that, right? You're training for like the height of athletic achievement in your garage. Like, just think about that. That's that's, that's crazy to think about. Uh, insurance losses uh, of a complete cancellation are estimated at two billion to three billion. Not even half of Tokyo's original bid to host the games. I wanna, I wanna see if uh, this article has anything to that because that is a fascinating part of it and a part of all this. Um, and there was obviously the one about uh, Florida trying to make a, a late bid, which is just, it's just so Florida <laughs> um, about about it. Uh, just seeing if there's anything to this uh, particular one. Uh, doesn't seem like there is. Um, but yeah, it's this whole thing. Just it's, it's just an L. You know I mean, just financially, it's an L. 
uh, for Tokyo. And uh, I do. And there was recent news. Uh, this is part. This was after the article. Uh, this, this whole investigation was um, published. But um, you know, now uh, fans from overseas can't go to the Olympics. So even if I wanted to go to the Olympics, I couldn't go to the Olympics right now. Uh, they, they've just completely cut people off on that front. Uh, obviously, they had the. Um, Tokyo Olympic, uh, the president of Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee, he made some sexist comments and then he dipped. He had to resign. Uh, didn't want to resign at first, but then resigned. Uh, yeah, man, it's just a, uh, it's just absurd. This whole thing is just um, absolutely crazy to think about um, when it co- when it comes to how just financially fucked this is. Um, and I I do wonder. And this is kind of the thing when it comes to sport in general. Like I'm I'm a bit hesitant on some of the sports stuff uh, that goes on because um a lot a lot of these don't don't come to uh, uh, how should I word this I don't know some sometimes I, I watch sometimes I watch sport now and I do wonder um has the quality dipped in any way you know what I'm saying um, I know in the NBA uh, they have to be in their hotels for like a, for like the whole time basically, so they can't exactly go out and just like you know live it up like they usually do. Um, but then again, after the All Star game that I was talking about in the week, where uh, apparently 150 players went to Miami straight afterwards, so yeah, <laughs> they're they're finding their, they're finding ways. Uh, they're find they're certainly finding ways. But um, before games, they have to be in the hotel um, and just basically quarantine pretty much like you know in 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 a, in a in a factual sense they just have to hold up uh, i don't know if it's the same for you know football teams over here in the uk or whatever in any other sport but it's just um and obviously um for the australian open uh they they had to be in a hotel uh for like a whole uh, for the 14 days uh, i think that's mandated in U- uh, australian law at the moment so <laughs> it's just um I, I I do sometimes wonder, and I am obviously you know uh, an Olympics homer, um, so you know I while I do want the Olympics, I don't want it to shit on the quality um, of the actual sport itself. Um, I I is is that a question of would I rather have it all? I mean, I guess it is. Um, I I really don't know the answer to that. Um, this is kind of the same. I hope the same moral question that a lot of fans of other sports go through. Um, sometimes I see basketball and I'm just like, <sighs> I mean, if they, if it, if if they didn't, and again, again, I have to say this, it has to be said, and and this is the fascinating bit, right? Like I said before, it comes down to money. They wouldn't be doing the All Star Game if it wasn't about the money. If it wasn't about the money. They wouldn't be doing the All-Star game. Because why would you? What's the point? But they need to get these TV deals through. So they can pay the players. And everyone can get their share of the pie. Because in the NBA especially. I don't know about other leagues. But in the NBA especially. The, the revenue of the NBA. NBA revenue. 50% of that goes to the players. So they have stake. They have genuine stake. Probably more stake than anybody. Any other sports person. In their actual sport. Um, I don't know if Serena Williams has any stake in what the WTA says about anything. Like, you know, what I, mean? I, I don't think they do uh, on that front. I don't think um, football player in the Premier League has any stake in what happens in the Premier League. Like, they're still going to get their money, um, but you know, there's no such thing as a salary cap there. I don't know what the, what the financials of that is. Um, but in terms of TV deals, I don't think players get any slice of that unless you know, obviously, um, 
shake a man's sword wants to throw money at somebody. <laughs> Unless that's the case, you know, they're fine with it, but uh, that obviously doesn't happen to everybody. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very on the fence about all of this happening, to be honest, because the Olympics is a very very large undertaking. It's not just one sport; it's several. Um, it's a lot of sports. It's water sports. It's uh, you know just arena sports, stadium sports. Like there's there's a lot going on. Um, martial arts, <laughs> uh, uh, fucking kayaking. Like bro, come on. Like, it's, you know what I mean? It's just there has to be a give, you know what I mean, but, um, because there's no, you know, because there's no, um, I mean, for Tokyo, there's obviously financial implications, but for everybody else, it's just a pure entertainment side of it, I'm just, I just want to kick back and relax and just watch Olympics non-stop for two weeks, that's just me, that's my, that's me, that's, that's me being selfish, um, but, you know, for the athletes, they have to train and just, you know, fingers fucking crossed, literally, that it happens, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. They just have to live with that, and then wait to, and then wait to train for the world championships. Especially if if athletics anyway, they have to train for the world championships next year. It is what it is. Like they can just continue on, keep going. But um, yeah, it's a it's a quandary and a half um, for all of this. It's a quandary and a half. But um, I'll link the video down below. Please go watch it. It's fascinating stuff um, and good information. So uh, yeah. I don't know guys, I don't know, I'm, I'm still on the fence. And now we hop on to music, and we're talking about Jay-Z. Got me talking about some Jay-Z up in here. Uh, and uh, Jack Dorsey technically as well, uh, because they have made uh, they've uh, they've signed uh, they're starting to hold hands on some business deals recently, um, and we'll get to that in a sec uh, in terms of what ha- what's going to happen. Uh, but I just <laughs> I just loved the title of this. Um, this is by Peter Kafka, uh, Rico by Vox, and the title is just glorious. Why did Jack Dorsey buy Jay Z's failed music service? <laughs> Ah, fuck you know. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. That was just, that was just funny. A little bit of a dig. A little bit of a dig. Because for, for a lot of people, some people see title as a success. Um, because people love to live vicariously through Jay-Z. And because he's made profit off this, uh, you know, little known Swedish uh, audio service. And you know, obviously he just put all, his, all, all of his clout into it. Obviously, it made money uh, on his front, but let's be real, guys. Tidal, if you look at the numbers uh, in terms of subscriptions, uh, not many people are on Tidal, uh, if you actually think about it, um, but, you know, see it how you want to see it, guys. If you want to live vicariously through Jay-Z, go do you, do you, fam. Uh, but, yeah, it's just funny of why that was just titled that. I just love it. But, anyway, let's just jump right in because there's a lot of uh, information uh, to this and there's a lot of uh, speculation as to why this is even going down. Um, and Peter Kafka just um, jumps straight fucking into this. He 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 he, he dons this article. Uh, I I I feel so. Let's jump right in. Here is the straight news headline. This is great. Just straight to the Square, the financial services company run by Twitter co-founder and CEO Jack Dorsey, is buying Tidal, the streaming music service found uh, founded by Jay Z. Technically not founded, but whatever. Anyway, uh, and here's the question. 
you, a normal person, may have about this deal? WTF? The answer, depending on how you're inclined to look at deals between billionaires, could be intriguing, silly, or stupid. Maybe all of the above. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably that. I'm probably all of the, all of the above. Uh, Square is paying uh, 297 million dollars in cash and stock for a significant majority of Tidal. Dorsey's Twitter thread announcing the deal, of course, is vague about what Square intends to do with Tidal, but mentions things like entirely new listening experiences and new complimentary revenue streams. Yay. Excuse me. Um, and you can look up the tweets to yourself. It's, it's embedded in the article if you want to peep. Uh, it doesn't take much of an imagination to come up with uh, Square Tidal rollouts in the future. Square-enabled way for artists to sell t-shirts on tour, or even when they're not on tour, for instance. More intriguingly, given Dorsey's love of all things blockchain, here we go, and uh, the current mania over NFTs, it won't be surprising to see Square plus Tidal work on their own NFT scheme. NFTs, non-fungible tokens, oh here we go, basic explanation of it, are blockchain-enabled digital pieces of dot 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 anything that investors and uh, speculators and collectors are hoovering up at a crazy rate. Even if none of this makes sense to you, you may have heard about people paying real money, a lot of money, for digital ephemera, I think that's the word, uh, like cartoon, cat gifts, or animated trading cards of NBA players dunking or blocking. Uh, It's a thing for now. And like I said, I will get into that next week. Uh, So you can picture the Jay-Zs of the world selling songs or snippets of songs or the digital version of a lyric scribbled on a napkin as NFTs. In, a, in deals that let Square and the artists get part of the deal. Now, I'm going to stop here because, honestly, I find that very fascinating as a hip-hop fan. Like, so imagine this, right? Um, there are some people in this world, right, that have, like, um, you know, first edition vinyl and, and stuff like this. And, you know, some of that shit, well, a lot of that shit is extremely valuable, right? You can You can say the same for... Some Pokemon cards, right? This is a thing. You know, I mean, this is a thing in the world. This is this is this is how it goes. Um, uh, you know, games themselves, game consoles. Sometimes, uh, you know, that will come down later in the line, or maybe you know, for stuff like Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I think that's the name of it. You know, just just stuff like that. You know, old shit. It's valuable. Some of it is valuable if it's kept in a good nick. Like that shit is valuable, and people. And people will pay for it. We need to understand that people, some people would love to pay for this shit. Um, there are people in the world, right? Um, and the NBA Top Shot thing, which uh, Peter Kafka mentioned, is another thing. And that's the most recent trend, uh, which I'm not in at all. But, um, you know, I I personally, as a hip-hop fan, right? If, it's, if I had the money to just throw around, I might, just saying, I might cop. Uh, a song that nobody has ever heard. I I would if 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 ladies and gentlemen, just bear with me here. If I had the P and Kendrick, uh, were want or oh, oh, here we go. Perfect example. If Kendrick wanted to drop that song, uh, that is on the start of the All Right music video. Hated not me. Classic CD. Right. If he. If you wanted to drop that as an NFT, alright, and, you know, say there was like 10 of those copies going around, and if I had the P, I might cop. I might cop. So, it's interesting Peter Kafka says that, because I can see that. And that's me. That's how things are valuable to me. I find that kind of stuff valuable. Um, but, 
That's interesting. Anyway, let's continue on. If they get it out fast enough while NFT mania booms, it's easy to imagine many more headlines like these, except you'll replace Grimes with Beyonce or whomever. Um, and there's a recent thingy where Grimes sold 6 million worth as digital as NFTs. Um, as long as you're okay with uh, okay with the purely speculative hype around these kinds of sales and stories, and the understanding that some investors, including people who don't fully understand what they're doing, are going to make a lot of money, and some will get burned badly, see GameStop, CryptoKitties, uh, um, etc., etc., uh, then this all seems okay, maybe good. It certainly allows musicians, famous ones as well, uh, yeah, as well as ones you've never heard of, a chance to make money in an industry that currently offers them few options. Streaming music generally only pays out for enormously successful acts, and touring is hard work in the best of times. It's also currently not available at all due to the pandemic. The most optimistic version of the NFT story is that it allows artists or anyone to capture more of the value of the stuff they create than sending it through middlemen like record labels or streaming services. Here we go. This is where it I'm, this is where I'm starting to see the vision here. I'm starting to see the vision. Because for the for the longest, when it comes to streaming services, I and a lot of people have bitched and moaned about the fact that streaming services do not give pe- the artists money. They do not get unless they're the 1% and the 1%, they do not give these artists money. Right? They do not give these artists a sufficient paycheck. Right? They have to tour. They have to sell merch. They have to do these other things um, that you know you guys might not care about. Or might not just have the money for in general. But streaming, obviously, everyone has that P for you know, just that seven quid a month or ten quid a month, twelve quid a month to you know pay for your Spotify title, Apple Music. People have to pee for that apparently. But not to go to a show. And that's it, and that's you know, that is what it is for some people. Um, but this is how artists this is what artists need to do to survive. But I can see this NFT thing being a thing for artists. I can see it. I can understand why why some people uh, if if all the artists right now just uh, completely uh, invested into this, I can see it. Anyway, uh, on the other hand, if you even if you think the idea of Jay Z selling five second beatbox videos for millions of dollars, okay, that's where I stood the line. I'm not doing that. I'm not copying for that. And high five and Jack Dorsey is pretty awesome. Now this requires a 300 million dollar deal to buy Jay Z's company. If Square wants to create new ways to help musicians sell real goods and digital goods, it could just do that. Instead, Square is paying 300 million for a failed music services that doesn't help it accomplish any of these goals. Those goals. There is a paragraph on a uh, quick recap of title, but um, you know, I, I, I um, you can you can look that stuff up. That's not what we're here for, anyway. So, cut the Thursday's deal, which values title with something north of three hundred million, in an admission that title hasn't worked as a music service. And the thing about the ideas floating around uh, the internet at this very moment about selling Rihanna shirts or songs on Square is are fine, but not related to title. If Rihanna wants to do those deals, she can just go to those to go do those deals. Tidal doesn't own any of her rights to any of that. Mm. So, what you're really left with here is a deal that looks like a way for Jack Dorsey to move money uh, from his publicly traded company to a company owned by a guy he likes to hang out with. (laughs) As a boss, uh, as a boss way to uh, say it. Which wouldn't be the first time in uh, someone in, in a boring business has spent a lot of money to sidle up yeah sidle up to uh, entertainment business in fact that dynamic is a core feature for hollywood and while 300 million is a lot to you a normal person is not much for square the company has three billion dollars in cash on hand and uh, likely paid for most of the deal with its stock which like many tech stocks has been on a crazy tear and currently values the company at more than 100 billion 
So the real square argument would be, why not? If associating ourselves with Jay-Z, who we've, uh, who we've also put on our board of directors, helps us convince people to buy and sell stuff on Square, and talk about creating new paradise for art and ownership, then great. And if not, it still sounds pretty cool. And there we go. That's it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating side of everything. Um, and I do... Well, I have to side with Peter on this because I don't because I'm obviously not exactly uh um uh, you know big into these kind of things, um you know you can you can go for <clears throat> you could connect this to something like uh uh actually you couldn't connect it I don't think but they had it they had, people actually put something about uh, uh Apple previously bought Beats for three million uh, as a way to vault itself into the music streaming business um and that makes sense uh that made sense because um. You know, uh, Apple did have, was going to do Apple Music, but then Beats Music was popping off at that point. Um, and actually had a really good platform. I really wanted to actually be on Beats Music, but uh, then literally as soon as it started, um, Apple just copped it and made it to Apple Music. And obviously I can't get on that because I'm not an Apple fanboy. Um, but yeah, those, those kind of stuff, that, that kind of stuff makes sense. But obviously this one is just like, why don't you just cut out the middleman which is at this point jay-z and title um but yeah it makes sense for all of them it get, 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 makes everybody happy and that's what we're here for right billionaires just hugging each other and just holding each other tight that's what we're here for guys we support billionaires don't we yes we love it we, we love it when billionaires just make each other more rich i love it I'm, I'm, that's what we're here for you know what i mean so you know all a toast a toast everybody raise your glass to jack dorsey and jay-z may may you guys have a fruitful partnership and make each other more rich than you already need to be cheers And we leave it on a topic that actually means something, and uh, last, uh, well, second uh, life topic. And this is about the George Floyd Act that passed in the US uh, recently. Uh, go look up the specifics if you want to go look uh, go look up the specifics. Um, but yeah, I found this article basically, a, I think like a day after it uh, came through. And it was just a perfect title, um, and just says it all. Um, but obviously I'm going to read the rest of the article. Uh, this is by uh, uh, Derecker. I'm going to say Derecka Purnell, a, a US uh, Guardian columnist, and uh, it's titled, The George Floyd Act Wouldn't Have Saved George Floyd's Life. That says it all, and that's just perfect. I've, I've never seen such a more perfect title, but let's just jump right in, uh, because uh, you know, it's obviously important stuff. On a Wednesday night, uh, the House of Representatives voted to pass the George Floyd Act, named after a black man killed by uh, Minneapolis Police Officer Derek Chauvin. Uh, lay, is it Chauvin? I don't care. Chode. I'll call him Chode, why not? Uh, last summer, among many reforms, the Act seeks to ban racial profiling, overhaul qualified immunity for police, and ban the use of chokeholds. While these seem like good measures, they woefully they are woefully insufficient to stop police violence. These reforms could not have saved uh, could not have even saved George Floyd's life. To be clear, Floyd did not die from a chokehold. A police officer put his knee to Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. A medical examiner autopsy reported, uh, that's a long word, cardiopulmonary cardio arrest, uh, complicating law enforcement sub, subdual restraint, to neck, uh, restraint and neck progression. 
unquote. Floyd also had blunt force trauma to his head, face and shoulders. Banning chokeholds is important as we should reduce the number of tactics that the police can employ to be dangerous. However, the problem the problem with policing uh, is precisely that. They can kill people using a diverse number of tactics. Shooting, kneeling, punching, suffocating, tasing. Congress banned one practice and not even the one responsible for the homicide. Floyd was also probably not racially profiled. Uh, he did not have to be. Uh, he did not have to be if he was breaking the law. Reportedly, Flo- uh, Floyd tried to use counterfeit uh, twenty-dollar bill at a corner store. The clerk called the police uh, because using counterfeit money is illegal. The definition of racial profiling is when the police uses someone's race to suspect that uh, they have committed a crime. Here, Floyd's act may have uh, may have constituted a crime, and the police showed up to fix it. What's more criminal than counterfeit cash is is the society where people live off these transactions in corner stores in the first place. The police cannot solve this problem. They can show up to an attempt to stop the crime, but they can't stop the underlying conditions um, that give rise to it. Class exploitation and poverty. Floyd appeared to need cash, not the police. Congress has had several opportunities to give people what they actually need under the pandemic, money. George Floyd had tested positive COVID-19 in April. By the time of his death, lawmakers had only distributed $1,200 to the public. And not everyone received this stimulus check. I wonder if Floyd would have uh, used a counterfeit $20 bill if Congress would have issued a $2,000 a month month to the public as several activists and progressive legislators have been demanding. George Floyd's blood is on their hands. But instead, Congress does what it always does when uh, when the police kill, give cops more money. The George Floyd Act, named after someone who died because he didn't have money to cover cigarettes, gives millions of dollars to police in grants. Uh, and lawmakers give the police more money right after they had failed to secure a $15 federal minimum wage and failed to deliver on the 2K checks they promised to voters who, de- who put Democrats in office. But Congress made sure to include 750 mil in the George Floyd Act to investigate the deadly use of force by law enforcement. Protesters have been demanding to defund the police to keep us safe, not spend millions of dollars to investigate how we die. We know how we die, the police. The Democratic Party has repeatedly said Black Lives Matter since Ferguson uprising in 2014. The Democratic National Convention featured images and families involved in racial justice protests. Uh, Yet the party has mostly downright ignored the largest network of black-led organizations, the Movement for Black Lives, who have been demanding that that lawmakers pass the BREATHE Act, the most comprehensive criminal legal package in the history of the United States. uh, Representatives Ayanna Presley and Rashida Tlaib uh, announced the legislation last summer. The BREATHE Act invests uh, resources in all communities to alleviate police violence, by building uh, sustainable neighborhoods and reducing contact with law enforcement. The Act calls for investments in gainful employment, quality housing and pilots for universal basic income. But Congress would rather pay for police and give resources to the masses of people suffering police violence. Under the George Floyd Act, uh, people still kill more than a thousand people every year. The victims will be overwhelmingly poor, black and disabled. I completely understand that the political climate might require some compromises on the bill text, 
Top Democrats will hide behind these arguments to suggest that they will not find support for more progressive legislation, but political will starts with them to plant the seeds among their colleagues to make this possible. They cannot use re- their Republican colleagues as a shield from criticism when it is actually them, Democrats, who are not committed to more transformational policies. Vice President Kamala Harris could have overruled the Senate parliamentarian who denied, uh, who decided to remove the $15, minim- uh, $15 minimum wage from the new COVID-19 relief package. She did not. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, could have stood up and championed the Breathe Act. She kneeled for a photo opportunity wearing a Kentikoff instead. Uh, and Joe Biden could have kept his promise for $2,000 uh, checks for people facing evictions, hunger and employment. He and the First Lady put giant hearts on the White House lawn for Valentine's Day instead. And we will not forget. And that's the entirety of the, uh, of the piece. Um, you know, pretty to the point, uh, pretty just making no bones about anything. Um, and that's kind of what this conversation needs. Um, just no bones, just straight to the fucking point. Uh, facts on it. Um, you know, there are always, every single time when stuff like this comes around to me, um, there are always so easily to find, um, e- easy ways to find um, uh, remedies to these things, right? And it seems that no matter whether um, the party, whether it's being the US or the UK, um, the name country here, put, put put your country here if it if it if it um, if it connects to you. It doesn't. It seems it doesn't really matter. Sometimes it doesn't really matter what party is there. Um, they just. It, I guess the difference is um, how much they're in your face about it. I mean, I feel like uh, Republicans in the U.S. and conservative. Uh, well, not even. Not, honestly, the difference between Republicans. Excuse me. Republicans and conservatives uh, in the U.K. and the U.S. is that the conservatives in the U.K really and this is again circling back to Harry and Meghan full circling um goes back to the UK press um making it seem edible right unless unless it unless it um combats with their you know uh uh we want we want this because we're British and we deserve this kind of you know kind of talk um this is uh why I think yesterday there was a a, a call on Twitter to sack Chris, Chris Whitty um which I okay Sure, why not? That will, that will really help things. Don't know why. Anyway, but um, the, the the difference there um, is that conservatives, again, with the help of the British uh, British press, uh, you know, try and soften the blow. You know, I mean, they 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 love to wrap it in some sugar coating, right? And funny enough, the Democrats in the US do that a lot. They, they do a lot of sugar coating. There's a lot of sugar coating, and they're not. You know, it's just simple, simple, simple facts. Are you going to give the 2K stimulus? Uh, simple fact, are you going to do the $15 minimum wage? People, normal people don't care about uh, virtue signaling. They don't care about uh, how how you feel about this particular thing in the bill. Like, if they, if they, if they want a $15 minimum wage, give them a fucking $15 minimum wage. It's not hard. It's really not hard. You know I mean, it's, it's you have a trillion dollar bill and you can't do that. There's so many, uh, they did. She just cut off cream f- off the top for no reason. And some people like the cream. Some people like the cream on their on their coffee. You know what I mean? Or, or their tea. 
honestly, guys, when I, the only time I go to like and this is a wild tangent, but the only time I go to like Costa or Starbucks, right? I usually just get hot chocolate and just like tell them just to smack that cream in, like throw some mad cream in it, throw some marshmallows, fuck it, like make make it fun for me. If I'm going to pay a, a extortionate amounts uh, of money for a hot chocolate, fuck it, make it fun at least, make it fun for me. Anyway, uh, that's a minor tangent, <laughs> but yeah, just just something I had in my mind. Um, but yeah, guys, it's not hard. It really isn't hard, but. Um, I just love how uh, some of these governments just love to sugarcoat shit and just make it as if it is a, a Herculean task. You know what I mean? It's really not. You have the Breathe Act right there. Right there, guys. Just do it. Just, just pull that trigger. And there's always something else. There's always some. There's always somebody else. There's always somebody wanting to be a stick in the mud. There's always somebody wanting to, uh, uh, you know, try and be the be the hero in their own narrative. Like, it's not about you, fam. It really is never, ever, ever about you. It's never about you. And that's, that's how I feel about politicians most of the time. Like, they try and a lot of the time make it about themselves. I saw a bit, and this is a minor tangent, I'll finish on this. Um, believe it or not, guys, uh, Rishi Sunak's going to be the next, next Prime Minister. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, shout out to Double Down News because they did a video on it. Um, but... I don't know if you guys have seen, but a lot of a lot of the British press and uh, you know people that support the Conservative Party, Weatherspoons, for example, that fucking scarecrow, fucking gremlin, Tim Martin, um, they've put a lot in support. In they've they've bigged up Rishi Sunak a lot. They've bigged him up a lot. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen, but it's it's in the read between the lines. Um, you know. And Labour's just fucking fumbling over their own bullshit, so I can definitely see Rishi Sunak uh, being the next new prime, next prime minister. Um, and that's not that's not from any that's not by accident. It's not by accident. Um, that is by a, a extreme intricate planning and uh, use of all the tools they have. And for the Conservatives in the UK, it has a lot to do with the British press. They use them to their fullest extent. Um, and for the Democrats in the US, um, they use the fact that the Republicans are fucking nut jobs. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just have the power and you just choose not to do anything with it. And at this point, this is where they're at. They have the power, they have the Senate, they have the, the House, they have the presidency. You have no excuse, simply put. And that's what people care about. If you have the power, fucking use it. That's why they voted you in. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave it at that. From the 5th and Podcast Network, I'll be Charlie Taylor, and this being what's good. Intro music has been too, too much by Vanilla. Uh, thanks to your progress for the ability to use these songs. You can find both of their discographies uh, on their various sites uh, in the full show notes. Thanks to Nappy Hire for the use of Charismatic for the interlude. Uh, you can find his website on the full show notes as well. How about that said, hope you all have a good week. I shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen.